everybody and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. Uh, my name is Aid, and this week we are on show 309. I'm sure there's a special place in everybody's heart for the name, for the number 309. I can't for the life of me figure out what that might be. It's certainly not a prime number, but we are going to uh, make our best efforts today uh, to make 309 stick in your mind. Uh, no Rachel today, sadly, as uh, she is super, super busy. What with it being the holiday season and all but mm-hmm. we do have claire claire how you doing i'm really good thanks aid and feeling really festive <laughs> it really getting into the festive season and, and you know my trees up but um i wish you could smell here because i've been burning lots of um like essential oils trying to get a trying to hit as close as i can to sort of a noel scent so that's uh-huh. putting me in a put me in a good mood and also i've been watching a lot of um this time of year i like to watch festive festive films and i love the um mr james um films that were made in the 70s i think they're in a you can get a box set of them um ghost stories for christmas and they're based on mr james's stories um so there's yeah for listeners i really recommend them this time of year so there's um signal man warning to the curious um whistle and i'll come and they're great and the sin the sin and again you know really really well made and atmospheric and brilliant cinematography in them so i can't okay. recommend them enough i really can't so that, that's really as ever claire talking to you about movies is an education <laughs> for me because very rarely have i heard any but i'm very quickly going to introduce now our super special guest who yeah. is grinning from ear to ear and very definitely recognizes and appreciates those <laughs> movies i am very pleased uh, that we have here with us on the show good friend of our show uh, we have duncan from silver pan labs hello mate how you doing Hi, Aid. Hi, Claire. I'm very well, thank you. Glad to be on the podcast. We're glad to have you back. I mean, it's yeah. been it's been quite a while, hasn't it? A couple of years, maybe yeah. now. And so, yeah, yeah. I think eighteen months or so. oh, no, maybe two years. Yes. Wow. Okay. Well, lots to catch up on. Lots to catch up on then. But you were uh, you were giving a two thumbs up there on our video conference to to Claire's choice <laughs> of movie. So clearly, you've heard about those things, yeah. It, it was in particular when you mentioned uh, whistle and I'll come. Oh yeah. Um, I I do absolutely love that, especially the uh, the nineteen sixties um, version. Yeah, uh, as well. Yeah. <laughs> and in yeah. fact, there's two movies called Whistle and Alka. <laughs> yeah, yeah, based on the same what same um, on on the same story. And it, and in fact, <laughs> in fact, on um, one of the Schnauzer albums, on the very last noise, uh, on the very last track. Is a clip from Whistle and Milk Arms. <laughs> really, the the, yes. the older version, which yes. is really good. Yeah. Yes, it's very good. It's it's an excellent ghost story. Yes. Okay. That's uh, um, for some reason the only thing that's coming to mind, probably entirely different, is the the classic nineteen fifties movie. I think the Lady Killers, uh, starring uh, Alec Guinness and one, yeah. uh, John Sim, I think, and uh, uh, others, others as well. Um, but uh, is it is it anything like that, or am I just barking up the wrong tree completely? Nothing like that. No, no. not no. no. But, okay, but, fair enough. But for this time of year, really atmospheric and honestly, apart from the the good the good tales and all the productions, really good. You can learn a lot, as always, on camera angles and all that sort of stuff and atmosphere. 
It's the inferred menace, isn't it? Yeah, the infer- um, that's a good. I yeah. like that. The inferred menace. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really recommend them. Good do you two want to just take this podcast? I'll just yeah. go and sit, kick back on mute, and just listen like, and drink my cup of tea here that I've got because I've got a bit of a sore throat. Yeah, if you want to take it away, right? Make it. Yeah. <laughs> There's definitely, definitely some kind of appreciation thing going on there. You two have got mm-hmm. for those kinds of movies. Uh, maybe I keep when you, when you mention these things, Claire. I do add them to my watch list, and and yeah. on rare occasions I get to sit down and watch a movie. I do try and include some of yours in there too, but it's uh, <laughs> not as often as I'd like. Never mind. Anyway, much as much as the movie talk um, is is entertaining and educational for me. <laughs> <laughs> we, yeah we've we've asked duncan to join us uh, to talk about duncan and to talk about silver pan and yeah uh, so yeah with with quite a while of history uh to, to catch up on uh, and as as you're aware duncan we're now doing uh, an occasional series uh, of entrepreneurs in the analog industry uh it's fantastic yeah. to catch up um i last saw you was it a couple of months ago was it early october no is that late or late october wasn't it we did the photo october, yeah so now, as I look at you now, uh, and as you as you dialed into our call here, um, I can see that you're in the lab because uh, I've visited. Yes. I've had the privilege of visiting. So um, yeah. t- tell me, how's things going? It's, things are going okay, thank you. Yeah, it's um, you know it's always uh, the lead up to Christmas is we get um, you know a little bit of a boost then in sales with you know everyone's uh, favorite Christmas present, which is a uh, pictures of the family to hand out. You know, so so lots lots of printing work um, being done at the moment, which uh, more more than any other season, I think, actually is the demand for physical prints at the moment. And uh, something I really enjoy doing as well, you know, because uh, uh, this, like I say, a photograph is a physical object mm. yeah. um, to me uh, anyway, you know. Um, so, that's, yeah. that's interesting. So well. I, I hadn't thought about that, actually. But, yeah, you do, don't you? You like, yeah, especially if you've got one that's uh, that's a favorite that you can have printed yeah, a dozen times to stick in Christmas cards and, and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So, so can you, I mean, obviously, you know, all, all customer, you know, uh, respect and all that, but can you tell us some of the funny ones you've seen? <laughs> um, there's some, which I'll just say no comment, but luckily they weren't printed. Right, okay. oh. you, you do get the occasional scan, the scans coming in and you think, Hmm. Okay. <laughs> yes. I hope a customer doesn't come in maybe. And we'll just okay. leave it there. Okay, <laughs> Duncan, you do you do pr- obviously prints, um, single prints, whatever on on paper. Do you do photo yes. books as well for people, or is it do you create photo books for people? Um, we're we're not able to create photo books at the moment. I, mm-hmm. That um, you need some specialist machinery from that. Oh, that actually okay. does the does the binding for you mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So, so we we um. We do prints, um, like glycy art prints oh, nice. uh, on a variety of papers and sizes from six by four up to 16 by 12. And uh, actually you can do 24 inch now as well. Um, so on a variety of different um, inkjet papers and fine art papers, fiber based mm. papers. Um, and that's something that I've, really enjoyed lately actually because some, some people have been asking for more of a variety of of printing paper so we've I've really got into the like the fiber-based matte papers and all the different surfaces we've just done a, a big um 
uh, a very big set of wedding photos um and they specifically requested a very flat mat um print printing paper um which we hadn't used before so that was very interested to get that in and make all the the paper profiles to make sure that the the color gamut gamut is right um and yeah i really enjoy that sort of work actually that that must be very gratifying actually i don't don't really have the ability to print large at home here but Mm. even my little tiny six by fours that i do print i always like seeing them come off the printer albeit Mm. after i've done a bit of cursing and and printed them three or four times because i get it wrong um it's amazing how with when there's actually i suppose it's easier to get it wrong when there are fewer choices isn't it with something as as crafty (laughs) and as uh, and technical as that because i think if you have lots of options and you need to set up profiles and stuff, I guess you're 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 being very methodical at that point, I suppose, as well as uh, yeah. as well as artistic in your inter. Well, yeah, yeah, interesting. Twenty four inches. So is that twenty four inches? That's the long side, is it that you can print, or can you like print yeah, eight feet long and twenty four inches wide? Um, yeah, no, that's a, the long side. So I think that the maximum is nineteen inch on the short side. Okay, that's a that big. Makes sense. That's, that's a big that's print. A, that's a big know. print, is it? Can what what happens when you take a, a thirty-five mil negative and print it that size? Well, we, we've we've done that, and you know we print from the the scans, um, and so like we we have done some prints, especially if you scan it in on the flex site at very high resolution, you know, and you can see the grain, um, you know, so it's it's resolving the grain, but you know, as with anything with a big print, it's it's not designed to be, you know, looked at right under your nose. Yeah, you know, you look, yeah, yeah. look at it from yeah. a, a couple of feet away, and it's, you know, really nice. And you know, especially with with the grainy film, actually, you get more sharpness as well at that kind of distance. Um, so yes, that's, that's like, really very nice. nice. It must be nice very to nice do somebody's print. wedding as well, because that must. That's it is, a, yeah, yeah, you're, you're, oh, yeah. That just, oh, sorry, I'm, my, my, you've got my brain working now. So, which is <laughs> first time today, and it's oh, it's nearly <laughs> nine o'clock in the evening. Um, but the, uh, the it's because I always think that there's there's very few things in in photography that are happier than giving somebody an instant print and watching their faces. Yeah. But a, a wedding yeah. book that's got to be right up there. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and I, I, I must be. I, that, that's one thing that I could never do would be a wedding photographer. I mean, I, I did one wedding for a friend once and the the, the, the nerves that you, yeah, you have to have to make sure yeah. you've got that. Um, the- it's, it's quite nice being on, and, and like what Rachel mm. does, obviously, you know. Um, so it's quite nice to be on the other side and think, <laughs> well, you know, if this print messes up, I can just print another one. <laughs> you know, you know? It's interesting, yeah. Dan, because, you know, you were saying that those uh, people, those clients, they specified that they wanted a particular type of paper. Because yes. there's such a choice of paper, do you ever do many people leave it to you to select the paper or do you advise on what paper you think would be more suited to depending on the, the film that, that's being processed or...? Well, it depends on the customer, really, um, especially with people that, that come into the shop. We can show them there and then a variety. Um, I think like online for, for ordering, we do offer a choice of gloss or luster um, paper, our main two. Um, but since, yeah, since starting to use this matte paper, I think I'll probably offer that as an option as well, because it's a very nice, something very quite different. Um, yes, and we, we've got all sorts here. We've got... Um, uh, 
you know, from something from very high gloss, we've got a, like say a fiber base that's very much like a, a traditional photographic print, and then we've got even mm. metallic finishes and all sorts that you can get now. It's all fun to experiment with. Mm. Yeah, I like the sound of those metallic finishes. Do they do they shine? What what happens? Well, yeah, no, it's it's really if if you um, catch it on a certain light. It, it yeah. does almost look like a, a, a metal surface almost, you know, it's, it's, it's a bit like a, you know, metallic paint that you'd have on a car. Yeah. It's got this like little flake, kind of high mm. reflective flakes through it. Um, it's not, not good for everything, but it's good for like a really punchy, high gloss, high color, high saturation image. It's something that's really interesting. Yeah, definitely. Because I, well, if I ever have anything done, I tend to always go for a matte paper yeah. or luster, but actually, I love, I like gloss. I like gloss, and I like the sound of that. And because, because, because my pictures are quite colourful, they look nice in gloss. But if you're obviously if you're exhibiting, all it's got that thing of all the lights catching the, yeah. you know. Yeah, I do I'm, like. Yeah, I do like gloss. I like the sound of these metallic papers. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, def they're definitely a, a unique um, something different. So, so it sounds like, interestingly, from a sort of you know uh, the entrepreneurial point of view, you've mm. got you've got an ever evolving set of things going on there. So, I, I from my recollection of, of visiting uh, your your lab uh, a short while ago, I mean, yeah, the place is chock full of machines. Um, yes. The, you know, the, there's the, there's the the, uh, the there's the developing machines. There's the there's the computers that. that use for scanners then there's the Scanning, yeah. then there's the really fancy scanners there's the printers there's there's you've got yeah if you are you running out of space yet are you <laughs> <laughs> um this is luckily it's, it's just about right now um and it's i think it's about the right size and the right amount it's it's, it's the right amount of equipment versus shop space um for where we are and the size we are um and it's quite nice being this size. I think any bigger, um, like I, I think I might have mentioned to you when um, when you came down to visit, um, the one thing that I have kind of gained some insight having worked in this industry for now, coming up for five years since I started the lab out of my home darkroom um, right at the beginning, is that it does, it's, it's not the sort of industry that scales naturally. You get to a certain size with a certain amount of size equipment, if you like, and a certain mm. amount of throughput of film. And then the next step up is a very big leap um, in size, complexity, and you'd need a bigger building for, for some of this equipment uh, for like a, for, for example, a large scale dip and dunk machinery, you know, has to have a, a special room that's blackout and, you know, infrared cameras and all sorts of stuff like that. And um, I think when you leap to that kind of level, you just have to guarantee almost like three or four times the amount of film and you have to guarantee that coming through every week to make it viable, you know. Right. And um, I think which is which is would be nice to do. Um, but I think once you get the bigger you get, the less options you have to do stuff bespoke. And that's mm -hmm. really what I've always been about wanting to offer the bespoke, the small processes the esoteric stuff and i think once mm. you, once you you're um at a size where you have to guarantee you know 250 300 films through the door in a week you you'd lose that because you would just have to concentrate on the one thing 
Yeah, that's and I guess as as a, as an owner operator at the moment, you do have the the flexibility to do all of that nice artistic printing and stuff like that, yeah. as, as yeah. well as doing the, yeah the the processing stuff. Well, I mean, it's not just you though, is is there that you you have people in the business as well? Yes, and that's that's right. It's it's me full time, and we've got um, Justine um justine bloor who uh she she's virtually full-time now as well and then we have katrina um helps out with some of the posts and the admin and we've got alex grove as well um who comes in and does both developing and scanning so you know we're all kind of part-time and work shifts around each other but mm. yeah it's it's they're a nice nice bunch of people to work with definitely and and are you the main print man, Duncan? Are you the main kind of hands-on print guy <laughs> with, um, yeah, for the bespoke work? For the bespoke work, because it's nice, I think, to keep that element. Yeah, I, I, I think yes, I, I do. It is me that does all the printing, actually. Um, like I say, uh, Justine's a real whiz on on developing. Yeah, and, and she's very much into you know all the different chemistries and all the different processes that's mm-hmm. that's part that she likes um and alex again does a bit of bit of processing and he's quite into scanning so it's you know but and i and i put my fingers in all the pies i suppose so it's <laughs> so yes yeah, we've, we've got it worked out quite nice between us yeah that's actually that's that sounds reminiscent because you and i have also spoken about the the community that's built up around silver pan mm-hmm. uh yeah so it's it, it almost feels like the the bit the, the 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 model you have there of different people playing different roles in the business is almost a reflection of the community. I mean, t- t- tell us about the community. Uh, well, I mean, Bristol has got a, is a really vibrant uh, photographic community in both Bristol and Bath. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's like a real hub for for creative uh, work. You know, you've got the Royal Photographic Society also in Bristol. You've got you know, or all sorts. You've got Mark, the Martin Parr Foundation, that the Arnold Feeney, um, yeah. and and there's there's also actually there's lots of thriving labs as well. Um, so, you know, we're one of several labs um, running in Bristol and all all turning over, you know, servicing the community well. Um, and and again, uh, like I say, some of the people that have come to work work at the lab, um, both Justine. Um, and Alex and some other people that have worked um, over the years, like Jody Rogers, um, um, have all been photographers that have have come in through the door and have been customers at one point, and you know just been intrigued and wanted to, you know, want, wanted to to come and work here, which has been you know really quite gratifying. It's like nice that you get to know people and then all of a sudden they're working <laughs> with you. So that's you know, so it's, that's really nice. What are you luring them in with? Are you like promising them like free cheese or something like that? And they come in and then all of the, then then once they're in you start cracking the whip. <laughs> yes, go on, you can put that C forty one through for free and that one. Right, now now you're on the payroll. <laughs> yeah. No, that that I mean, it, it is. It, it must be. Um, yeah, it must must be a lovely thing actually. So, because uh, because you know, again, you know, having having visited, you know, you have a a great place. It's a, it's a, a corner of a a crossroads. So you, yeah, lot lots of opportunities for people to see and to walk through the door and and stuff like that. It's um you know it feels in in a really good way. It feels kind of yeah uh, uh, old school right not but but yeah. not in a sort of retro kind of nostalgic way kind of in a thriving community way mm. oh no absolutely and i mean 
like so so and we opened the shop uh, in 2020 um although you know that was middle of lockdown so for a long time it was just the workplace with the doors locked you know so it didn't yeah. actually function as a shop and i think it was probably only maybe 12 months ago that you know finally got around to like putting a proper shop counter in getting all the display up and and since then the amount of people that just local people that have worked kind of walking and go do you still a camera is still a thing do you develop <laughs> films and it's like yes we do and then you know so many people then and then they tell their friends and so like all this a thriving photographic community of people that have got back into the film and have always been into film that are now know where we are and come in yeah. you know regularly to drop their film off but then it's just also just all oh, people's i think i had someone the other they brought me in oh i found these in the attic <laughs> you know <laughs> and brought in like 15 films really like, oh, i'm sure they're no good uh I, I was just going to throw them in a bit in the bin do you think there'd be anything on them and it's like well you know you can only try uh develop them all and they were like all of you know his his child's christmas parties from 1987 and, and it's like images they'd never seen you know and they, they were there a time capsule for them so it's so that's always interesting. I mean, then today I've had, you know, have we have people coming in to, would you be interested in this camera? We started selling secondhand cameras um, and all sorts we've got listed up here. I think I've got the entire um, of Bristol's collection of Zenit cameras. Oh, you lucky fella, you. People keep wanting to give me, and it's like, well, you know, I can sell one of them. I might not be able to sell 10, um, but they say, oh, just have it. Okay. <laughs> right. So, um, <laughs> If you want an old Russian Zenit, then um, you well, know yeah. If a corner of the building starts <laughs> falling down, you could prop it up nicely with those. Can't you? It's like <laughs> yes, yeah. Yeah, you never know where these sidelines might take you. You know, you no. might end up being some sort of you know Soviet camera specialist of some sort. Uh, I think I'll leave that to Piero. Can <laughs> <laughs> I continue behind you that you you've got your cameras and are you selling film as well? You're selling film. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yes, we sell, we, we got a small selection of black and white. Um, we, you know, what color film we can get, we sell, but obviously that's been a, a real big, um, big mm. um, issue in the industry this year. Um, but the main thing that we're selling lots and lots of is the Kodak Vision uh, ECN2 film. Oh, yeah. Because we can get that directly from Kodak and we, we actually re spool it here at the lab. Mm -hmm. and, so, and that flies off the shelves because you know we can do that at a competitive price and it's really really excellent film it's um you know it's, it's what the technology that uh portrait was based off you know so it's uh we and sell you a deal lot with all you deal with all the developing of that and the removal of the rem jet and stuff like that as mm -hmm. well don't you yeah absolutely that's one of the the first things that we specialized in um so that is actually one of our main um especially this year that's really grown and grown the amount of um, ecn2 vision film that we get in uh, i think there's, there's very few other places that do it so so we we enjoy that we've we've kind of made our own process to make it work to this kodak specification so which oh. involves using a lot of the machines not in as they were intended and we've you know worked out how to get all the correct temperatures exactly the correct times and interrupting machines pressing various buttons sticking spanners in there not sticking spanners in but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's really fun 
that does that does sound a little bit complex and and uh yeah yes but how do, how do you uh, i guess you have to test with stuff like that do you then so but obviously not with test, customers test, film test. Yeah. not with customers film test test and test again and then tweak and then every time you know something slightly changes the chemistry changes or something you have to test again but yeah yeah you get there in the end oh blimey yeah, hard hardware. I guess as you, as you say, that'd be slightly more difficult if you were, you know, at the next step scale up, uh, and uh, you'd be able to, to to manage that in, in quite such the same way. So yeah. Uh, yeah, so well, what have we? I mean, we've talked about quite a lot already. We talked about camera sales. Have you got anything other than Zenits and cameras on sale at the moment? Um, we've a lot of the really nice ones um, kind of sell very quickly. So we did have a Olympus uh, Mu two recently in, and that that sold within about a week but we've what, no, we've sure got, did, got yeah. lots, we have got lots and lots of the um like the fantastic kind of oddball 90s point and shoots and oh, they seem to be quite shoot. popular yeah so we've got some, some very odd we've got an odd olympus bridge camera there which has got a zoom that comes out about uh 40 centimeters so it's, it's not exactly wow. stealthy um <laughs> and then we've got we've got an olympus trip down there somewhere we've got yeah we've got lots of minolta's i love minolta's both the autofocus and the manual minolta slrs mm. um yeah yeah so surprising what turns up yeah, yeah, well, I mean, I suppose again, it's it's the benefit of having a a high street presence, isn't it? Because lots lots, yeah. of, lots of things can. Do. Is that how you source most of the cameras? Is it? Oh yeah, no, it's it's literally, um, you know, people will walk in and say, "I've got some old cameras. Can you have a look at them? Would you be interested in them?" And and that's where they all come from. And then we, you know, we we can test them. We can you know process film, test them, change the light seals if needed, um, and if they're working then we can you know put them up so that's mm. yeah it's, it's real like a sort of an everything shop then really yes yeah. it really is <laughs> so wait, what's the, what's the thing that you're uh you're predicting will be on the rise then in in 2023 because we yeah we're talking here towards the end of the year aren't we and uh you know it's uh the 2023 is probably going to be a bit different, isn't it, from what we've experienced? Um, and, uh, you know, in, in, in hopefully some really good ways, but also possibly some challenging ways for people. But what, what do you see as being the trends for you to, to address and, and the things that will be, be popular in 2023? Well, I, I suppose the elephant in the room is, you know, if, if we're heading into recession, then mm. obviously, you know, things are tight for everyone and uh, probably the you know one of the first things that get the squeeze are are you know hobbies um so i mean i i hope not i hope people still do have uh time to give themselves a bit of joy and enjoyment through photography but obviously you know that's um you know, that's that's obviously a big issue um but so i see maybe more and more people perhaps you know attempting black and white developing at home that kind of thing um i I definitely see a trend uh like i had mentioned earlier with um with the current lack of c41 film um in people switching over to the to the vision films and in in fact you know um in major manufacturers releasing things you know we've we've seen cine still release the 400d which is obviously based on kodak vision 250d and yeah. recently i haven't double film done the same i think with their is it their double film party or 
Is it party or one of the ones that's basically based on 250D with the Remjet removed. Um, so I can see... Are you see... stocking the new Kentmere in 120? That was... Yeah. We will be, yes. We will get some of that. So, you know, there's. I think there's a lot of positives with... Um, and, and also, um, I believe Orwo have are in the process of releasing so they're releasing a new cinema film um, yeah. based on agfa technology from the 90s i think agfa 500 film um so that's going to be really interesting because they're simultaneously I, I believe releasing it as a motion picture stock and um as a version without remjet for c41 processing interesting um, I, I don't know when that will finally uh, come out but that's so I, I see maybe more and more people turn turn into the vision films as a cheap and yeah. you know alternative that's readily available um i mean in particular our our um respooled ones are available here in the shop we don't do the mail order but uh, at the moment um first call photographic are distributing them for us as well so they oh, have okay. a stock of both 250d and 500d t that we've uh spooked mm. them um so I, I definitely see that i think there's also we've seen a small resurgence in e6 as well actually um again potentially related to the fact that e6 is still available where c41 is is more difficult at the moment mm -hmm. um we certainly in the past we had um at the beginning of the year um there was a bit of a problem with fuji discontinued some of the e6 chemistry line um so there was a while where it was difficult to find an alternative but we secured a um supplies of e6 chemistry mm -hmm. and um i think also several of the of well, I think at least one big lab that was offering E6 recently sadly closed down. Um, so we've seen a pickup in demand, um, both locally and through mail order for E6, which is nice because I love looking at a slide. And it's, you it know, is even, nice, even, isn't it? even now having done this job for five years, pulling, pulling a roll of slide film out of the tank is lovely. It's like, there's the image, <laughs> you know, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. that's the result of the light that hit that piece of film and mm. here it is it's, you know. it's yeah i can imagine because even though you get to see it i mean you're obviously you're the first person to see but yeah many of your customers images because it, yes. it, even if it's a negative film you get to do the scanning but but there is something special about seeing it in in uh it, you know, it, it as as a roll of film as opposed to you know on a computer screen yeah. Especially, especially seeing yeah. as the computers that do the scanning by this point are quite old and have got old, uh, you know, slightly older style monitors attached to them and stuff like that. I guess in some <laughs> cases, haven't they? <laughs> oh well, they're certainly old, older technology. I mean, we, we they do run. You can run, you know, modern Windows eleven and monitors off them. But yeah, oh, okay. yeah. yeah that's that. That is definitely um, one of the challenges of uh, running a lab. Is obviously, uh, no one makes new lab equipment anymore. <laughs> Yeah, so, so, so you're so both you, lab lab technician and museum curator at the same time. <laughs> certainly, certainly am. You know, um, probably the the mini lab that we run, I, I think, was manufactured in two thousand and five. That's pretty <laughs> good. Go. That's pretty that modern. Be, it's a quite quite late model, um, but yeah, it's running repairs on that. That's had, you know, a major overhaul this year. Had to have the the pump went and had to have all new pump 
fitted um the joe the automated joe bows that we make that we use there from the early 90s they're still going strong you learn to strip those down and you know clear them mm. out replace cogs and pipes um so it's, it's running repairs on a lot of it and then you know even even the relatively modern equipment i think we've got one of the very last flex type scanners that were made um before they finally stopped making them uh, in about 2015 and that's already had a brand new motherboard fitted because the electronics go so it... oh, tell me this I, I you've told me this story know, but t- tell the listeners the story of that and just 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 listeners just appreciate the story and how hard duncan is working on your behalf here <laughs> <laughs> No, we yeah we were without the flex light. I think for for six months because um, it was just like a there's a part the motherboard the basically the computer part um, the, the the computer that's inside the scanner um, you know the capacitors just wear out and they'd gone it had gone and um, Hasselblad had stopped making the scanner. There were no new boards available. It was basically going to be a very very heavy expensive paperweight um but then from you know from demand um because there's a lot of high-end places have this scanner throughout the world you know getty have the martin park foundation has, has got one it's used a lot for archives you know the bbc run a lot of them um and a lot of them i think started to fail at the same time and so Hasselblad ramped up production of the motherboards again um but yes, it was a touch and go for a while. <laughs> so there, you, there you go. This is, yeah. So Duncan has actually managed to get Hasselblad to do a manufacturing production <laughs> one just so that you can get the highest quality scans. Well, there you go. Well, uh, yes, I don't think I'll quite take the credit for that. But yes, <laughs> but I see where you're coming from. It wasn't that par, fella. <laughs> <laughs> No, there's, there's there's a lot going on. There's there's clearly a lot going on there, isn't there? And uh, you know, it's um, uh, it just just the just listening to the the things you have to do, the things you get up to. It's it's mm. a very very varied job, isn't it? As a oh, it is, it is, and and like I say, as a small business, like I say, it it's just me full time, um, and. and other staff that are the technicians you know on top of that you know there's, there's the whole other thing of running a business which uh, i must admit i've had to get up you know and running with that pretty quickly because i don't come from that background at all you know so there's you know on a constant day you're, you're battling with you know inventory stock management you know payroll bills to pay <laughs> customer inquiries you know customers walking into the shop when you're in the middle of loading a film all of it you know but i, but I love it. you know you these you you want there's never a quiet moment there's never ever a quiet moment and then That's you go and do the books and work out whether you've got enough for next month <laughs> so it's you know it's full on it's really full on yeah i can imagine the customers walking in yes as, as great as that is for business um it'd be quite disruptive for the actual technical <laughs> side of uh, of delivery yes and it get it wouldn't take much to miss a step at some point with it yeah so but i mean yeah and you say i think maybe you uh uh you know doing yourself a disservice on the business side i mean as far as i'm aware you were one of the first labs that certainly that i saw that was offering things like subscriptions and and stuff like that so yeah because that was but yeah back a few years ago now you started doing that i think was it yeah that's that's that was and i think that again was 
with something is going back to the community and and probably the you know the regular customers um that we'd built up started to build up and, and started to know uh you know what their preferences were and what type of photography and the art that they make and they had certain uh requirements and so it kind of grew out of that really of you know customers asking us oh could you do this just slightly differently or could you could you offer this as a service so we thought we'll package all of that up and put that in a monthly subscription um for people that are shooting a lot of film and want this you know the the same sort of things each time and then we could offer you know ec extra bits and pieces such as free prints with you know with each monthly order you know or a, a high res flex type scan and you, you know we the first the thing we started with the subscribers first before rolling out to the gen for the general customers mm. was choosing your own black and white developer um because that's mm. always something which i've uh, both me and justine enjoy experimenting with and we had so many you know different developers that were good for different films in the lab that we started to i think we won the first labs that offered that as a you know as a choice you can choose whether you want id11 or microfan or pyro developer or, mm. or any any number of i think we've got about 12 or 13 different developers here in the lab wow. uh, and subscribers and now the general customers can can choose that and of course again that's something that you couldn't do at scale you know that kind of necessitates mm. it being a hands-on you know small scale operation really yeah um so what is a what is a subscription? I mean, I'm sure there are different models and tiers and stuff like that. What's what does a typical silver pan subscription look like at the moment? Well, we have um, three different tiers. We have a silver tier, uh, silver, um, gold, and platinum. You know how original. Um, <laughs> and for that, you get a variety. So at this at the silver tier, you get um, you get you can have three films developed a month, and you can again, but you've got a free choice of of any developer any film type so again it's a set price for whether you've got e6 c41 black and white with any developer ecn2 um not black and white slide that's the only one i think they don't offer on the subscription because that really is time consuming we still offer it that's a two-hour process oh, is start it? Wow, finishing I... a hand tank you know but we still offer that no other lab in the country does black and white reversal mm. um why not? I thought, you know, we'll, we'll learn Give the process to get our, get, get our hands dirty and, you know, and spend time perfecting that. Um, but other things you get on the subscription, you know, then the gold tier, you get four per month and you get upgraded larger scans and you get a free um, A4 print of one of your images every month. And then platinum is, is yes. much the same um, with six, with six films per month. Uh, I like, I like, um, I could probably get one printable image out of four rolls of film. That sounds like yeah. a good ratio to it. Certainly for me, I'm sure there are others who could get, you know, a greater hit ratio than that. But, but uh, yeah, and sometimes it serves, isn't it? You don't always need many prints. I mean, it's not going to be nice to have, but sometimes it's just that little thing that triggers the memory, isn't it? So I can see why yes. that would be a really yeah. nice thing to have as part of a subscription. Yeah. And and then also and, and um, we also offer a backup service on Dropbox as well for the subscribers. So okay. and they'd have to, you'd have to worry about running out of you know hard disk space because um, they they get archived mm. on Dropbox. But through the but going I mean going back to the community of subscribers that we've got, like I said, they I mean 
Heather, don't mind, but I would li like to mention some of them because you know it, the the thing that's really gratifying about this job is, and specifically the subscribers, is because you you almost get to get to know these people. You 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 talk to them over email about the premises, and you 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 find out their style of art, and mm. find out, you know, and there's we've got some really excellent artists and photographers that you know are, are our subscribers. Um, I mean, in particular, I think you've um, you've had haven't you had Wendy on the show for Wendy Chapman with the the, the he does the pinhole work. I think maybe. I think so. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Sorry, I, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure it's one that I was on, but I think we have. Yeah, yeah. So she she does like a fan. I think she's been shortlisted for the landscape photographer of the year at one at, um, at one stage, and she mm. does these these wonderful pinhole images. Um, on, she, she's got a wonderful collection of different pinhole cameras, yeah. um, and, and they're always very atmospheric on you know slide film and color film, landscapes, seascapes, mm. all sorts. Um, and then we've got um, Greg Turner, and uh, he was shortlisted for the National Portrait Gallery um, Taylor Wessing Portrait Prize oh, yeah. Yeah, this maybe. year. And his work is is really really interesting. He's, he's got like a a take on kind of like uh, I think he describes it as a Jungian psychology applied to photography. Uh, so it's like it's, it's like the yeah, animus and and, yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. yin and yang, and and in particularly you know he he works on very long term projects. So he works with um, you know certain people um, certain people mainly portraits in their natural environment. Yeah. Um, and yes, some fantastic work um, that he's done. So, and and Rosie Sherwood, um, she's a new subscriber, and she's just had a, an exhibition at the National Marine Aquarium, um, doing underwater a lot of underwater photography of of seagrass off the British coast. Oh wow! And, okay. and a lot of a lot of work to do with uh, kind of wild places and wilderness. Um, so that, that that's I, a, a challenge on on film these days. Oh I'm yeah, sure. <laughs> and, and even even from like the, um, I, I can imagine the the, the technical um, headache of actually taking those pictures. But even from our perspective, scanning them, you know, when you've got an expanse of blue and green, trying to get the new, you know, make sure you capture all of the nuance of the blue and green, you know, out of a scan is yeah is, is quite difficult. Um, and and also I'd like to mention um, Jody. Jody Rogers, um, who and he's again he he's been a, a customer for a while, and occasionally comes and helps us out. And his he he's a street photographer and a, and a skateboarding photographer, and his images are amazing. <laughs> I, I I do have to say, I mean, he has got um, just the eye he's got for like kind of capturing humanity, and he does everything in a split second. With he, I think he shoots a Leica and a flash, and he's just straight up there, and he's caught mm. he's caught the humanity in someone and moved on, and it's like, how did you even see that, or how <laughs> you know, how how zen you must have been to in the moment to just gone out, seen that capture and walked on in in a split mm. second, and his images are really stunning. So well, I tell you, you'll have to send us uh, links for all those. I, people, I will send actually. some links. Maybe, maybe you can put them on the show notes. Absolutely, yeah. we'll put them in yeah. the show notes. Yeah, no, it's um, it's always good to be able to celebrate stuff like that and to share that sort of work around. So mm. did you? So did um, Silverpan then create the produce the prints 
um, for the guy from the the Taylor Wessing and for the exhibition that was in the National Portrait Gallery. Did you do the uh, prints? We, we didn't do the prints, no. Um, but we did do the the scans that the prints were made from. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Awesome. it must be a real must be a real boost, like to to work with artists of that caliber. It is, yeah, it is, and, and you know, it's, yes, it's it's very gratifying. You get to see a lot of really nice, interesting art in this job. Mm. And your lab is, yeah, but you do also get to see a lot of student parties. <laughs> a lot of student parties. A lot of student parties as well. So. Oh, yeah, from Bristol. But your lab definitely, I think it sounds like this, your selling point is definitely like your bespokeness. You know, the fact that you can select, the fact that um, you can select um, your developer even is, uh, is, is, is great, isn't it? You know? Yeah. And you can, you can, and you've got someone like yourself that's really hands on with the, with the printing and stuff. You know, I think I was thinking. You know, when you become, when you like run a business, or you become yourself employed, you run your business. Um, there's kind of like a bravery. It's like a gamble, and there's a bravery in there, isn't there? Um, do you ever? Are you? Are you glad you made that decision? Was I, there ever I'm... a moment when you thought, "Oh no, I think I shouldn't have done this," or has it always been? Do you know what? I'm really glad I took this step and set up this lab. I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. moments every single day when you turn around you think what am i doing what am i doing will the bills be paid this month <laughs> um but then i uh, no, i'm i'm the happiest uh in work yeah than i have than i have been before like i say i, I came I've, I've always been fascinated and interested in photography ever since my teens but you mm. know it's only it's only like five years ago that I stopped doing a job that um, I'd done for 20 years and just I just took the plunge and thought I've I've got to do something else now um, and it was this and it yes it was it was a huge risk and and uh, as with everything and like like I mentioned you know going into a rece- recession things like this you know every, every day you you worry and you you worry about the risks and and what's coming down the line but you keep going with it because it's something you love Mm. Um, and I think, I, I think the day I would stop doing it is the day that I just realised that I don't love it anymore, and uh, th- that's not coming anytime soon at the moment. So, and that's great, isn't it? That's really great. I still, what still enjoy say, coming into uh, work, you know. Yeah, they say that if you ha- if you do something you really love, isn't it? That like work is was it work is leisure? Is that what they say? Is that the saying? Oh, there's something a few like, sayings you know, like that. Work. I think isn't it? If you love what you work, you never work a day in your life, or something like that. There's, 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 there's a few yeah. things that I always get them mixed up yeah. and, and wrong. Um, mm. Possibly because I've I've never had a job that I love that much. I suppose. Mm. <laughs> and and that's incredible because you've had apart from the economic climate we're going into, you've had COVID as well, haven't you? You know, yeah. It, a new a new business within in the pandemic, and you're thriving. It sounds, which is great. Yes, I mean, yeah, like I say, the the pandemic, as it was for everyone, um, was you know so difficult for everyone on a personal basis, mm. you know, and um, and yeah, it was difficult working through then. I mean, in some ways, it was interesting because that was the time that we chose to actually open, not as a shop, but we moved to the premises. But obviously, then we we thought, right, we've got a shop now, and we've got to keep it closed for six months. So, <laughs> um, yeah. but it was a step up from I, th- I think when I first come on the podcast, I'd, 
not long started and at that point it was all run from my home darkroom i remember um, i remember asking you something really rude, like something like really rude i asked you like what on earth made you start a lab this year and i can't remember what year it was was it 2016 was it 2018 it's yeah. like what on earth yeah. are you thinking sort of thing but looking at that and you were, and you were right now, i was what completely was I wrong thinking? <laughs> what was i thinking you know uh, you know that very quickly grew out of hand trying to do it in that space and, and trying to juggle <laughs> you know trying my, my my poor family trying to juggle that and working 14 hour days in your house with and trying to run the lab so yes the the real turning point was was moving was moving to this premises and then being able to employ people as well once the pandemic yeah, finished which was that was a real boost yeah awesome. now it's a walk-in as well it's great yeah. but if you're in bristol isn't it if listeners are in bristol ever absolutely yeah fall in and have a look at your camera collection um buy some discuss, film go off and shoot film then come back choose your developer select your paper isn't it <laughs> have a think about what paper you might want to get some prints and uh, you could have the whole See, what's going to happen, Duncan, is Claire's going to move in next door to you now, right? Yeah. She'll be there all the time. She's got a big, we've been talking recently about Claire's big medium format film project for next yeah. year. Oh, so, yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, lots, lots to think about there, Claire, because you have said you want to do that. You want to do good prints for that one, don't you? As well, I, do, so. I have, yeah, yeah. I have. Mm. There you go. So you can work with Duncan okay. and figure out what yeah, the, way of, of the whole process changes. Because <laughs> that's an art in itself, I think, isn't it? Sort of having the knowledge of what uh, ha what um, effect a paper will, will will give your print, and you know, yeah, experiment like you say on on the all the different papers. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's certainly certainly something that's interesting to try. Yeah, mm. I mean, and it's, it's always been interesting, you know, run the lab because, like I said, I've always I've always loved photography. But mm. I think it's this, it is this side of it um, that I think where my passion is, funnily enough. Um, I, I, lo I love taking photographs, but these mm. days, I, th I think the longer I've worked in the lab, the less photographs I take, <laughs> I suppose, funnily enough. Um, even though you would think, oh, but you've got access to all of this. You could, you yeah. that's, that's, that's also true. Running you just take it and develop it. Yeah. It's all, but almost, that has almost made it like... Mm. Um, digital it's like that publishing a photography podcast as well the more podcasts yes. on photography you do the fewer photographs you actually take yes yes sadly yeah, yeah. why well, it was so, so fun doing the photo walk um yeah um, that was a really great organized day, a couple a couple of months back and yeah. we did we all met up for, i think it's about 10 of us wasn't there we met up in bristol and did like a two-hour walk around bristol and i, I know you all you know several of those throughout the years so i'd definitely like to come on more of those yeah um, we're i haven't got any dates yet for next other, year uh, but but uh, when we get some dates for next year that yeah we'll publish those through, through the podcast and other yeah discord and other things and yeah we'll get them up on photowalk.me we definitely had to do another one in bristol maybe, maybe we'll do one near near summertime because it was the end of october so it's yeah it'd be nice to do although it was a it was a lovely day wasn't it actually we got very it lucky was really nice we yeah got very lucky the with the weather good. that day it was glorious but uh yeah it'd be nice to do um something maybe in the springtime in bristol yeah. bristol must be nice in the springtime maybe we go or to the bath. beach maybe we bath can go to the is beach. very nice as well 
That's a good, would be a good one to do. I'm very very partial to a, a beachfront photo walk. Um, uh, I've done a couple with Anil over the years. Oh um, yeah, yes. Uh, he lives down on the beach. Um, either either the big the big bit uh, around near him is Brighton, of course. But then there's there's other bits you know, to the west of Brighton, smaller towns, um, uh, which are fantastic for for photo walks as well. So. I know Bristol isn't exactly a beach town, but it's got some no. beaches nearby. It's got seven beach. No, it's not a beach. <laughs> it's not a beach town. Not a beach. Not really. It's interesting, though. So I hope the Avonmouth and seven beaches is really interesting for photography. Uh, I suppose, sadly, more so maybe 15 years ago when all you know you had all the derelict dock buildings and things like that looming on the horizon. Uh, some really interesting kind of architecture and industry um you mm. feel like you're really in the back of beyond walking up around like some of the footpaths around avonmouth and seven beach uh it's quite a fascinating place actually uh, has that all been redeveloped now then is it is it not there anymore no i think some of it is but i, th I think it was like um like the big um some of the big flour mills that used to be there were, were knocked down about 15 years ago but i i remember going out there with my bronica and some pro here and taking the pictures as you know as they were in the process of being mm -hmm. demolished oh, right. um, cool. and it, yeah really quite iconic buildings that used to kind of dominate over that area uh, uh, at the time. We'll figure something out. We'll get something in a diary definitely for next year because oh. Bristol, as as you said, Bristol is an amazing city, so creative. Mm. I mean, and it's not you know it's not just the 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 masses of of street art, you know. And clearly, for for those that don't know, of course, you know, a, a hugely strong connection with Banksy, um, you know, and and, and course, yeah. which is a central pillar of the street art yeah, you know, yeah. in Bristol. Yeah. Um, but it's uh, but there's way more to it than that. It's not yeah, you know, and, and there's so much going on. Uh, it's a fantastic community to be part of. I always did say that if I ever had to live in a city, it would be Bristol. Yeah. And it's not because I live just it's not just because I live just outside Bristol when I was a little kid. But it's just it is an amazing city. It's um, mm. uh, very very underrated, even though people even though people do appreciate it, I think more than they ever used yeah. to. I think it's still quite an underrated place. People should visit more often. So, yeah, no, no fan. I mean, and also fantastic, fantastic art scene, fantastic music scene. Yeah. Like I say, you've got the graffiti scene, uh, you know, yeah, it's fantastic. There's all sorts of communities and, and things going on around here. It's yeah, Deborah, we'll have to make it a, 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 a renaissance. We'll, do, we'll, we'll base yeah. a renaissance festival around the Silver Pan <laughs> Film Lab, right? And I want to come down there. I want, to, yeah. I want to have the whole experience. I want to do exactly what Claire's just said, right? We'll, 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 we'll go out. We'll massive attack morning. from Bristol. Portishead as well. Yeah. Portishead from Bristol, or were they from Portishead? Yeah. Which is no, no, they're from Bristol. They were actually from Bristol. Because <laughs> Portishead, for those that don't know, is actually a real place just outside Bristol, about ten miles. And outside then we can Bristol. go to the Roman Baths in Bath, and you know the yep. ones, and you can swim on. You can swim. You can swim on, in the Roman Baths. You can swim on the roof, or well, you know, the, there's a spa there, isn't there? And they've got there a roof, is, yeah. and you can swim on the thermal spa on the roof. Yes. I did this that is once. starting to sound it, like quite a high class event you're organising for And it was nice because it was really, it was a winter, it was actually like November dark that <laughs> night. It was lovely. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Excellent. Well, there you go. There's some, there's some inspiration for us for, for, right. yeah, for, for next year, right? As we roll into Christmas and as we record this, it, we've been in the middle of this cold spell and it's been blooming freezing, right? Mm, uh, it really has. Yeah. 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 Um, 
And, uh, you know, my children are not very well. They're off school. Everybody's miserable in our house. Um, so I hope that hasn't come through in the podcast too much. <laughs> but that's it. But it gives us a bright, a bright shining light on the horizon in 2023. Mm-hmm. We'll all come and hang out with Duncan and we'll do some fun stuff around Bristol. <laughs> thank you be welcome thank you <laughs> well thank you listen and actually it's probably a good time to time to wrap up actually but Duncan, mm-hmm. thank you ever so much for joining us it's really good to catch up with you again on the podcast mm-hmm. and hear some of the the stories and uh yeah that come out of of being an an, an analog entrepreneur um and, and bespoke analog <laughs> <laughs> oh you're making me blush stop it <laughs> well uh yeah let's um yes yeah thank you thank you very much um uh as always of course um you know uh we, we, where would you like to uh send our listeners to to learn more about silver pan and other stuff that's going on well the best place is our website which is silverpan or one word dot co dot uk um we are also on instagram at silverpan lab and twitter also mm. with the same handle cool okay well there you, you there you go folks um we'll get that in the show notes as well of course along with some of those links that duncan has promised to send us for those that the the uh the artists that work with silver pan um and uh that's uh yeah that's going to be a good mm. good set of show notes for this week actually lots of <laughs> stuff for people to click on and follow and, and stuff mm-hmm. like that cool right well there we go then uh i think that's probably us done unless claire you have any uh any yeah. notices or housekeeping for us I've to do i've got one notice because it might be freezing outside but the sunnies are on the horizon, aren't they? Oh, so it's sorry, the last... silly me. I forgot about yeah. that. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so it's icy outside, but we've got the sunnies coming up. And I think we've got one more week for listeners to cast their votes. Yes. Uh, so there will. De- yes. Thank you. Sorry. That's very silly <laughs> to miss that. And there's another one as well, isn't it? I'm sure. But um, so, yes, please do uh, follow the link in the show notes to vote for the Sunnies Awards. There are seven categories this year. Mm-hmm. We've really tried hard to define those categories in a way that celebrates the whole community. Um, and, you know, and so uh, for those of you that like a really harsh, you know, a sharp elbow competition, we've tried to avoid that this year uh, and, <laughs> and give ourselves an opportunity to talk about our favorite things and contributions mm-hmm. that people have made and things like that so so please do go and vote in the sunnies uh the other thing is that uh we have now just to say we have now closed uh the cheap shots challenge uh but as ever closed on the cheap shots challenge is a bit of a soft closure rather than a hard closure we have been saying for several weeks now if you've been listening carefully uh that the we would prefer to have entries by the 11th of december if you've got some stuff that's just a few days behind that um uh please do send it in right on that note uh <laughs> we have been the sunny 16 podcast uh it's been great to have duncan here with us it's been great to talk to you all and we'll be back next week take care bye-bye. bye 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 <laughs> bye